views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. Let your wise rise up, see the signs of the times, if it's time, rise up, rise up. When death and hell dwell among all God's people, when those we chose and trusted have become completely corrupted and inherently evil, when the feast that feeds you starves our father's children, when snuff, porn, and pedo forms begin to get top billing, rise up. When famine claims millions, when justice gives blind eyes to billions, when the Lord's anger is no longer feared, if his protection is gone and your enemies are near, if you've seen the seas spill over and the mountains shake, break, and fall, if the moon ever turns blood red and you can't see the sun at all, rise up, no matter if the prize is And welcome to New Abolitionist Radio on the Black Talk Radio Network a program that seeks to educate, inform, and agitate on the issue of 21st century legalized slavery. Hosted by social activist and spoken word poet Max Parthas and Black Talk Media Project founder Scotty Reese. On this program, we discuss recent news on legalized 21st century slavery and human trafficking as it is practiced through the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, along with projects and people who help combat it. Today is the October 3rd, 2018 live broadcast of New Abolitionist Radio. Tonight, we're all Kanye West all day. We're hoping he calls in to the program tonight as we've sent out quite a few invitations and a big shout out to all our listeners and supporters who went full Twitter bomb. Why are we talking about Kanye West? Because that brother has publicly announced himself as a slavery abolitionist in one single tweet He had millions of people all over the country talking about the 13th Amendment, and for most of them, it was the first time they'd ever done it. We watch like hawks, and tonight, we go deep into all of it. On and near this day in history, October 1st, 1962, James Meredith, an African-American man, attempted to enroll at the all-white University of Mississippi. Chaos soon broke out on the Ole Miss campus, with riots ending in two dead, hundreds wounded, and many others arrested. After the Kennedy administration called out some 31,000 National Guardsmen and other federal forces to enforce the order. Also on October the 2nd, Nat Turner was born. He was an enslaved African-American who became a Christian evangelical preacher and made history as the leader of one of the largest slave revolts in American history on August 28th, 21st, 1831. Following the insurrection, Turner evaded capture for six weeks, but he was eventually caught and later brutally hanged. This incident ended an emancipation movement in that region and led to even harsher laws. The uh, 1960s Black Power Movement and others have hypocritically criticized him for using violence as a means of demanding change, while at the same time extolling the virtues of the American Revolution. Now, in direct action news, things you can do to help. The Right to Vote campaign needs your support. It's a nationwide campaign being initiated by people currently confined in the United States. This campaign grew out of the 
August 21st, National Prison Strike Demands, specifically point 10, the voting rights of all confined citizens serving prison sentences, pretrial detainees, and so-called ex-felons must be counted. Representation is demanded. So make sure that you support that. And also remember to vote Amendment A in Colorado to remove the exception clause to slavery from the state constitution. That's Amendment A in Colorado. If you know someone there, let them know. In honor of his birthday, our abolitionist in profile tonight is Nat Turner. Our rider of the 21st Century Underground Railroad today is Alice Marie Johnson, a first-time nonviolent drug offender whose life sentence was commuted to after 21 years in prison. Johnson was convicted in 1996 of conspiracy to possess cocaine and attempted possession of cocaine and spent a third of her life in prison. Thanks to the lobbying efforts of Kim Kardashian, Alice's sentence was commuted and she was freed in June of 2018. As always, we have a little time and a lot to cover. Be sure to follow the information we provide on our Facebook page at New Abolitionist Radio so you can see the information in real time as we talk about the issues. Also remember to support our efforts by joining us as a member at community.blacktalkradionetwork.com. We need your help and support to continue. You'll find the links to today's program on our abolitionist planning page, which is available to BTR community members. And if you've got a question or a comment, you can call us at 704-802-5056. You can check logging in at uberconference.com slash Black Talk Radio Network. Once again, I'm Max Partis. What's happening, Brother Scotty? Hey, I'm okay, Brother Max. Just a little sore from doing some yard work. Um, but I'm doing okay, and I am um, know that you put a lot into tonight's program. And I know or also on social media you have been pushing out the ripple effects of Kanye uh, saying what he said about the 13th Amendment. And although people want to focus on the first time he spoke about the 13th Amendment and he misspoke, uh, you know, he did follow that up saying, I misspoke, I meant amend the 13th. But if you had really been, <clears throat> I don't know, Max, um, I don't, I don't, I guess I shouldn't think everybody has the same type of reading comprehension. But like when I was first alerted to it by a attorney friend of mine uh, who I am connected to through Facebook, she said, well, I hope he's talking about the exception clause, I mean, she knew immediately, you know, from the TMZ article that didn't mention that he corrected it later. Um, you know, she was like, well, I hope he's talking about the prison and he probably talking about the exception clause. And so when I read the initial tweet, when he said we want to abolish the 13th Amendment, get our people out of prison and find them jobs. Well, I guess if you had not been aware that the 13th Amendment never abolished slavery, you wouldn't have caught on. I'm sure all abolitionists know what he meant to say. And then I believe some did correct him. And he came back later and he said, you know, I, I misspoke. I meant amend the 13th Amendment. And he was like how, you know, this is slavery in no uncertain terms. They never abolished uh, slavery. And so that's just that's just a, a, a great thing. And I know some of the videos that you posted, some of the ripple effects, um, not just for me, the most important thing is normal people, everyday people um, who may be fans of Kanye for different reasons, 
um, follow him, and he's got millions, tens of millions of followers, for whatever reason, who, let's say we put some abolitionist material in front of them. Max, let's say we sent them, you know, some of the past podcasts with law professors and what have you, talking about the 13th Amendment. Those people, certain people would not accept that from us. You know they wouldn't. Oh, you off your, out your mind, you off your rocket. They'll be clowning us like some people are trying to clown Kanye. So, but then outside of the normal people who otherwise would not be talking about this, but are now not only talking about it, but tell, defending Kanye and say, hey, he's actually right. If you read it, you know, Washington Post did a great follow-up article, even shared the words from the uh, Republican senator from, uh, where was he from, Massachusetts, um, uh, Sumner, and where he, when they was uh, debating it on the sen- in the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee, he was raising the same, wait a minute, why we got this exception clause? Why, why do we want to continue putting people into slavery? Y'all just doing it through the courts now, you know, and, and calling it punishment for crime. This is still slavery. So it's just great, man. It's just great. But even the ripple effects, even among the celebrity crowds, T.I., I saw that you shared a YouTube video of T.I. saying, Hey, Kanye's right. Slavery was never abolished. They practicing it through the prisons. So instead of we us calling, and this is not his words, but these are my words. So now we're seeing people calling it slavery or prison slavery instead of mass incarceration. And and you know that's progress, Max. So I'm very, very thankful uh, to Kanye for bringing that up. And I'm just, it's, it's just exciting. It's just exciting time. But with that ripple effect, with other celebrities now, you know, declaring that they are abolitionists. I mean, you have to be declaring, I hope that you're declaring yourself an abolitionist if you recognize that slavery wasn't abolished by the 13th Amendment, but you know, how many millions of followers do T.I. have? So it could just, I mean, Max, is like a tsunami of that knowledge and they can't stop it, although they trying to, by ridiculing Kanye. But I, I, I know I told you tonight, man, I didn't have really a whole lot to say because I was interested in what you had to say. And I'm, I'm, you know, just feeling a little under the weather. But I'm here, bro. We can't hear you, Max. Max, go ahead. Hey, Scotty, can you hear me, brother? Yes, I hear you now. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. As I told you earlier, I was trying out some new headphones because my mine are shot, and apparently it didn't work out too well for me. So I'm going to be using the phone for the remainder of the program. I did hear you was talking about TI and some of the things that came out. I think it might be a good idea, uh, first to kind of set up, uh, let people know what exactly happened and what was said, and then let's listen to Kanye in his own words say what he's got to say. But from the very beginning, it was where he tweeted out. Uh, I don't know if you have it in front of you, Scotty. Do you have his tweets in front of you? Oh, not at the moment, Max. Give me a second here, and I'm going to pull them up because I, I have them available here. All right, so what happened was uh, he sent out a tweet that says, this represents good and America becoming whole again. We will no longer outsource to other countries. We build factories here in America and create jobs. We will provide jobs for all who are free from prisons as we abolish the 13th Amendment. 
message sent with love. Now that was sent at 2.30 roughly in the afternoon. And within minutes, uh, abolitionists like Otis Griffin were right there on him like, dude, you really mean amend the exception, amend the 13th Amendment, not abolish. Because you know, people don't always understand it completely. And within 10 minutes, he corrected it to amend the 13th Amendment because he knew exactly what he was talking about. Um, so that was out for the, you know, people were all over that. And immediately you got a couple million people that read about this 13th Amendment, probably for the first time in their lives. So he sent out a tweet after that that said, not abolish, but let's amend the 13th. We apply everyone's opinions to our platform. So that was what started it all. And then uh, he came in after that with a, an interview on TMZ, and I think I have the link there available for you, so we can hear him clarify it even further for us. Yes, sir. Give me a moment as it's opening up. It might try to be So just give me a second here. I'll skip the ad. You kind of set the ball in motion by saying you thought it might be a good idea to abolish the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery and involuntary servitude with the exception of prisons. So it's a very important statement that I'm a not, lot of people don't understand. So help clarify why you decided to say it. Okay, so what I'm, a, I'm gonna read to you something that my friend GLC from Chicago wrote for me because um, he, um, he puts a lot of energy into understanding uh, historical facts. So it put in 1865, the, and what I want to say is abolish uh, my abolish was the wrong language. I misspoke by saying abolish. Amend is the right language. And what's awesome, I don't say dope because it's, uh, there's power in words. So lovely. What's beautiful about our constitution is we can amend it, right? So in 1865, the 13th Amendment stated that no man is destined to slavery or involuntary servitude unless convicted of a crime. This translates to, in order to make a freed man a slave, all you have to do is convict them of a crime. So, in other words, what you're saying is they carve out prison for involuntary servitude and you could use prison as a pretext to bring involuntary servitude back. Is that what you're saying? Well, it has. You know, there's people getting paid eight cent a week working for companies, you know, that are privately owned. And, you know, a lot of them are first-time offenders. A lot of them are nonviolent uh, crimes. And then also we deal with, you know, we're not dealing with the mental health and the therapy, because I'm going to say that, you know, I, I, I stand on the majority of people that are in prison are there due to a reaction to a situation that they're in, a reaction to not having understanding of how to create industry because their dad didn't have a business, so they didn't know how to make money, or not having access to currently legalized forms of industry, also being brainwashed to you know, feel like they're taking a side, red or blue, a gang side of this. This is my block, a block that they don't even own, taking a side. And then that gets promoted in the music, 
and then the music is not even owned by the people that are saying these things. And then the next thing you know, you get all these, um, you get people in jail, you have over two million. There should be a group of super knowledgeable people that have, uh, that come from all cultures that then make the amendments on our constitution. I didn't say modern, I didn't say new, because that, that notes a specific time, when time is used to control us and control our energy. So there needs to be people who look like the people who are being spoke about. That's in his own words, Scotty. I don't see where he wasn't making any sense. I, I don't see that. Hey, he man, was talking man. exactly about what's really happening. He may not be as knowledgeable as Scotty or Max or any of the other abolitionists out there, but he heard the call, and he took it upon himself to use his platform to start this conversation, and it started. Hey, Max, he said something, something, man, he was hitting on so many points, man. And that was very deep statement if you listen to, I mean, I was tripping. He was like, they're using time to control your energy. Dave Attendo Radio Show talks about how energy is money. And what is slavery but stealing somebody's energy by giving them a bunch of time in prison? That was a really deep analogy, you know, how he, he strung that all together, man. And and then when he said the red and the blue, now obviously he was talking about the Bloods and the Crips and gang wars that result in, well, let's, why do we have gangs, okay? Um, because of those markets that's not open, those industries that's not open, and the, the few industries left to predominantly black people, especially men, is the street market, this, you know, where they're legalizing all these drugs, but I don't want to... I mean, legalizing cannabis, but still people locked up. So I don't want to go down that road. But the red and the blue, I said something similar. I said that abolitionists should not be picking sides between conservatives and liberals with their political gangs sniping at each other. We, we bump all the other stuff that Kanye says about Trump and all. No, we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on the truth that he just spoke that need that we've been trying to speak to the world for the past six years. So uh, I, I'm I'm very thankful uh, to Kanye uh, for that. And Max, one last thing. We have been, especially you, Max, you the first one that brought this to the table. These people are only a one or two states away from a constitutional convention. He was just talking about that. And people, and what did we say? We abolitionists need to be in there. At, at a seat at the table, if you're talking about amending the Constitution, then the 13th Amendment got to be amended to re, to end slavery. And and Harvey was trying, somebody else pointed out, and I see what they was talking about as I listened to that clip. He only said slavery and involuntary servitude when he first introduced the topic, but then he kept saying involuntary servitude, involuntary servitude, and not mentioning slavery again. I think that was purposeful. But what are your thoughts, Max? Well, uh, they do that often. And as I said, man, I went through all kinds of emotional things on this, you know, because he's making all the sense in the world. But let me clarify something before we give more context about what happened. As Scotty just pointed out, I want you to imagine this is the position that we're in. There's a relay race going on. The very last 
man on the opposing team is on his way to the finish line, and you just got a call that there's a race happening. That's where you're at right now because for almost 20 years, conservatives have been working on trying to open up the Constitution for reinterpretation. And today they have uh, 33 of the 34 states needed to do that. So it's very possible that within the next six months, the next year, we could be seeing a constitutional convention where they, the, uh, all the amendments, the whole Constitution is open up for reinterpretation. And the bad part, because that's good, that means that's a shortcut. We got, we almost there, right? The bad part is there is no representation for people of color, people from oppressed communities, uh, people from minorities. There is no representation in that conversation for us. One other thing, too. We are going to open up the phone lines. Just give us about three or four more minutes. Uh, we want to play one more video so people get a better picture of what's happening. And then we're going to open up the phone lines uh, for questions and comments. All right? Hey, Scotty, what I want to do next is let you let people hear what T.I. said. Because <clears throat> T.I. gave a really intelligent answer, and he made a lot of sense. And, and it's worth listening to. Yeah, um, if you could post that for me. Let me go to the planning page. Uh, is, it, is it actually there, but the chat room is kind of busy, so I'll repost it. Okay, okay, but Max, um, you're kind of fading out on us. I got the okay. link. There you go. Thank you. All right, I'm pulling it up now. It's got an ad, so bear with me. I don't feel... Okay, here we go. You kind of set the ball in motion... Uh-oh, I'm sorry. That's the same one with uh, Kanye, Max. Oh, my bad, Scotty. I was going through this. Yeah, I did get the wrong one. I I'll get it for you one more. I got it. I got it. It's right here. Here we go. Now, well, it was an excellent point just raised on our travels uh, throughout the day. Now, while I disagree with most of the shit that Kanye says in his rants, I must say that the part about trying to amend or abolish the 13th Amendment I actually agreed with and not because I think that slavery should be instilled no because the 13th amendment also says slavery is abolished unless imprisoned now if slavery is abolished unless imprisoned that means that it incentivizes mass incarceration and it also increases the amount of scrutiny put on us and the laws that affect us differently than they affect white people so I do see where he was going I think it was horribly worded and I think if you you know what I'm saying if you're not careful you can get carried off into the bullshit. Now, I know how I mean it when I say it, and I just hope that he means it the same way. That's it, Scotty. I mean, that's clear and concise right there, and he's right. Kanye West could have said it a little better, and he even told TMZ, let me talk with some people about this first. Let me get a better understanding first before you come bum-rushing me about what do I know, you know, because he felt it was important. Agreed. I mean, T.I. In, in very few words just uh, told you what we've been telling you for all this time. You know, it's not mass incarceration. Uh, we want to bury that term and just call it what the Constitution says it. But he says, you know, it's the 13th Amendment that's incentivizing them to put people in prison. And we know that they're using the laws to target our people. He was talking about the black community. And we, you know, as you pointed out 
Uh, we've pointed out over the years, Nixon said what the drug war was for. It, it was to target black people and anti-Vietnam War protesters to lock them up. And, and you know, through our six years, we've given you the timeline and, of what came, came next after Nixon and the privatization of prisons, um, you know, with Carter and, and further with Reagan. And then, you know, the, the great influx in, into putting people into prison under the Clinton administration, and it's just continued in. And so we're at this point now where millions of people are being, you know, faced with a question. Are you an abolitionist or are you not? Are you a, for abolishing slavery by amending the 13th Amendment and then, you know, the dominoes effect after that? Or, you know, you just want to sit on the sideline and, you know, chike? Hey, Scotty, uh, just want to put this out there. You know, all our listeners did a, twit, a Twitter bomb where we all tried to contact, uh, you know, uh, Kanye West to come on the program to a place safe where we could talk about this thing and, and understand it. And it's possible that he is calling in. I don't know. It's a decent percentage. In any case, if he is on, if you're on the phone now, Kanye, remember to press star star to unmute yourself. Uh, and if anybody else wants to chime in at this point, that would be a good time. Gentlemen, hello, comrades. Uh, Brother Otis, peace. Uh, great job, man. Like You were the reason that he changed that. You were the reason for that. Hey, I, I don't want to get into that part because I know time is short. You know how we run out. I just want to kind of give a public service. I did invite uh, Ian Barrows, and he had a young lady on to, today on his program. She was with them all week in Community Talk Radio, and she's a judge. So I invited them, and I hope they're in the queue and can talk because, yeah, we'll talk about later how we did screenshot him and sent him information directly from New Abolitionists and Black Talk Radio, and I also hit his wife up. I Twitter-bombed him every since Sunday morning when you first called me and asked me, to verify that it was his post. So he's reaching out to people, but I can tell you, and I took the screenshots, I educated him on on his Instagram in two posts and let him know that he wanted to uh, eradicate, remove, or change the 14 words in the accept clause. I put them in quotation, and then I went with the second post with direct links to Black Talk Radio and New Abolitionists, so I'm just going to sit back and listen to the guest and see what we have here, gentlemen. I applaud your work. Indeed, and thank you. And you're right, I have them on my list. I wanted to, uh, let me give a short introduction first. Uh, Iron Burroughs and Judge Sekou, I was talking with them earlier today, along with you, Otis, on, uh, a, I guess it's a live stream uh, that Iron does, and we were talking about this thing with the 13th Amendment, and Judge Sekou even agreed with us. And as I mentioned, she's not the first constitutional lawyer to agree with us. Many do. It's amazing that something this clear is so confusing to some others. So in any case, uh, welcome to New Abolitionist Radio. Uh, I am and Judge Sekou. Hey, what's happening, y'all? Uh, did you un unmute her? She's at the 973 number that's in the group. Uh, right. She and I were calling on different lines. So hopefully, yeah, yeah, that's her. Hey, Judge, what's up? I'm here. Yeah, I know you're here. I'm just making sure that everybody oh, knows who I, you are. I'm, I'm sitting here in, in bated breath. Uh, yes. Well, you know what? 
hearing from you. Go right ahead. Uh, well, first well, of all, uh, brother, there's the change to the con- there can't be a change. There needs to be a omittance and a new uh, a, a new amendment written. We 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 can't undo and, and try to change around words that specifically kept us in a box. The same Thirteenth Amendment that they used is what is still used to this day to keep us in prison. I have been trying to get New Jersey right now. We're, we have, we're, we're trying to do a, a reform of the Criminal Law Act. And with, which now, I, I, for those who are the, the Clinton lovers, Clinton locked it in. And, but you can't even blame him by himself because the, the, uh, the uh, Congressional Black Caucus put the thumbnail that allowed Clinton to in, put in a law that put most of us in jail after three strikes. If this is something that went on across the, on, across this country for almost 20 years before they, they, they held it down. So it's not something that we can redo. And I really understand what, what Kanye is talking about. He may not be the most articulate, but the brother is trying to do something that we have been trying to put out there. And he has the platform to do it, and we need to back him. Exactly. And I might want to add something to what you just mentioned about the Clintons. We've done some deep research into that whole period, what went on, what was going on during the Clinton crime bill. And we discovered that the Clintons were personally invested in the Wackenhut group. The Wackenhut group launched their initial public offering in 1994. And within four years, their stocks had multiplied 10 times. And they got their direct contracts through Bill Clinton to run these prisons all across America. And since then, that prison company, uh, Wackenhut now, has subsidiaries in places like Africa, the continent of Africa, and they're the largest private employer on the entire continent. All of that came from 1994. Oh, yeah. But there's, there's prisons that are going up right now in, in the Midwest that are privately owned. So as, as one thing I just hope that uh, Brother Kanye does is he can... He, he has the ear of 45, is actually have a real conversation. Because I, I, I was questioning his, his motive, but if they can get him in the door, I don't give a damn what he has to wear, two MAGA hats and a pink shirt that says, uh, for, I'm for black for Trump. I just need him to get in that door and, and do like, I don't care, do, do like Amorosa did. Audio take the, the mofos and what their real, uh, uh, their real intentions are. Because it has nothing to do, just like, Trump don't care about those people with, in the coal mine. If it's not going to put money in his pocket, he doesn't care. What will put money in their pocket, if they're going to start making private prisons, that means that we got to pay these people to have these private prisons, and you're only going to have prisons if you got people to put in. Yes, absolutely right. And the introduction of those private prisons, which was uh, due to Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan signed that in and invited private prisons to come into this country. Since that has happened, the prison system itself has started following market values. Not just the private prisons, but the local jails and the uh, state prisons and facilities are now for-profit, with all kinds of industries getting their hands in it. Like, for instance, the video conferencing uh, industry, where now you can't visit your people, your family members, in person in certain places, you can only do it through video conferencing at fifteen dollars for ten minutes. That's like let me tell you, somebody. Brother, I was I was forced that. off the off the bench because they said that I was too radical here in New Jersey. 
One of the things that we, that that's going on right now in New Jersey is every courtroom is wired. When you walk in, there's a a, a blue light that's up by the the judge's desk, and everybody just thinks it's part of you know the decorum of the courtroom. The entire courtroom is mic. When the judge goes into their chambers, they can hear everything that goes on in the courtroom. In fact. They can actually tape. Now, this is what I and I and this is one of the things that I got uh, took to the wall about because I used to tell the because there is attorney-client privilege at the table. If you do not mute that button that's in front of you, or if you don't even know that the button is there, your entire conversation with your attorney is being listened to. Oh, we're we're seeing that also now is being reported with the uh, prisons in Pennsylvania where they'll no longer be able to have access to email, any snail mail letters sent to them, a private company in Florida will scan those. The Abolitionist Law Center in Pennsylvania filed a lawsuit because of citing uh, attorney-client privilege. But I would like some, some clarification. I might have mis- misheard heard you, Judge, but um, I feel like we do need to amend the 13th Amendment to uh, also bring it in line with the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. That no, the reason why, we, the, the, you, you did hear, uh, it's, it's, it's more than, once, if we write it the way it needs to be written, what is there will, will no longer exist. So I, I guess I would be saying replacing it with a more specifically worded amendment that does not uh, allow them to incarcerate us based on the... Uh, they're, I mean, because even right now, I, I, I have so many confusions on, uh, let's say, let's, let's take the brother that went to federal prison for three years for, for dog killing, or when he had dogs being killed on his property, the football player. You can send a black man to prison for, uh, for, for allowing dogs to be killed, but you can encage human beings in, in cages separate them from their families, uh, uh, sell their children off for adoption, and, and, and then, I mean, you, if you're not going to tell me put people, I mean, that's like internment camps that, what they're doing. That's, to the, that's, that's, actually, that's slavery. And it is uh, all judge. legal. That's, that's slavery. That's the slavery that continues. Today they were telling form. me that they're finding, and nobody is, is, is confirming anything except there's nooses being found inside of these cases. Now, what, what goes on with a noose? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's no other reason, reason I've ever heard of a news except for the hang somebody. But or either if, they're hanging themselves may, because judge, they're losing their mind. If I may clarify, uh, again, right now, this is the second attempt by Colorado to remove the exception clause. We examine all 50 state constitutions. Uh, um, 99% of them have mirror the 13th Amendment. So what yes. the, the, why we say amended is we only need to remove the 14 words of the exception clause. It should simply read, slavery and involuntary servitude shall be abolished, period, yes. full stop. Yes. And Congress shall have the power to make laws. Now we feel, we feel that then we're able to uh, address all the other laws, or let's use a historical term, the black codes that was used to target the emancipated victims of slavery and put them in the convict leasing. So I just feel like we, we that he's correct, um, the abolitionist movement is correct, 
just say involuntary servitude and slavery shall be abolished, period, in the United States and all its jurisdiction. Then we feel like we can start addressing everything, everything else. Because then, if you can't practice slavery, you can't pay people slave wages like eight cents an hour. That's where that term comes from. Mm. People use that term. To but see, this is where, yeah. it, but it, but it, it would be an asset to not just us as people of, of, of dark color. It's people of color, period. Because they they've been getting over, you know, and and, and I, nobody talks about the, the Mexicans, maybe because they don't they don't enjoy join on to our issues. But well, the issue is if they can't use if they can't enslave us, they're enslaving them. It's still slavery going on in this country, and we're legalizing. Well, let me say the um, the immigrants or refugees that's in the uh, private prisons, they did express their solidarity with the recent prison strike that kicked off on, uh, what was it, Max, August the 26th? Was it August the 26th or ran through September the 9th? So all of them expressed their solidarity. Some of them even announced they were going on hunger strikes, recognizing that this is slavery, and they're saying, hey, we're in solidarity with, with these American prisoners who launched this strike, and it even with global judge, with uh, prisoners in uh, Palestine, prisoners in Canada, getting wind of this uh, prison strike here in America against slavery. Well, and if I yeah. might say for a woman, they imprison women the darn near for anything. She, get a, she can uh, argue in with her husband, they imprison you and I. Yeah, it's been 800% growth in uh, women being incarcerated since the 1980s. That's that's a yeah, huge... Uh, absolutely. It, it, it's quadrupled, especially with the drug trade. Because what, what was being used before, they were using women as the uh, the mules. And now they, they, they figured out uh, that if we take down the women, they're no longer going to have any mules. So the, the population of the women here in, we have in New Jersey, it's called Clinton. Uh, has quadrupled since I first started practicing law in 1990. Uh, There was, there was, I rarely, in 10 years, I could tell you, for the first 10 years, I may have had 12 women. By, I would say, the year 2000, before I became a judge in 2005, I had quadrupled the number of women um, clients that I had uh, to the point that I was going to Clinton, which is about a 70-minute um, ride from my house at least once a week. And they're doing the same thing to children, but even more so now. The uh, juvenile detention centers are very much privatized, and in places like Rikers Island, where Khalif Browder was incarcerated unjustly for three years, they were charging $350,000 a year to incarcerate him. Here in South Carolina, it's $160,000 a year to incarcerate one teenager for one year. And just to let you know... I'm born and bred in Jersey. So what's up, Jersey? <laughs> hey! Two sons. Who spent yeah, you got a... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm sorry. This is Ian chiming in here. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, thankfully, we have a few of our listeners uh, tuning in. We have about five of us uh, at least logged in right now, and I'm happy to see them out there. I know Sharice uh, is in the building, all in Allen, along with the judge myself. I'm missing a few. I don't know everybody's phone number by heart. But, um... Yeah, man, look, uh, one, I appreciate this format. I appreciate uh, you guys staying on, on, on target and, 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 stay, and, stay, and staying the course uh, on this and waking a lot of us up uh, because a lot of us are, are, you know, are just not being awoken to the fact that, 
hey, man, this is really what's going down, and, and, and this is still what it is, and so on and so forth, because I've probably only been privy and really on it myself. I mean, I heard some things here, but really on it myself the past year or so. Um, so, but um, I appreciate it. I appreciate, uh, you know, the, one, the man I call the professor, the OG himself, Otis, uh, you know, putting you know putting us together. I appreciate Max calling in today. It was awesome. It was perfect timing. Uh, the listeners uh, appreciated it, and and I'm looking forward to communicating with uh, the members of Black Talk Radio and others. We need to form our, you know, I'm down to forming whatever kind of co- coalition is necessary for us to, you know, extend our reaches, uh, you know, and I'll cross promote whatever the situ- whatever whatever y'all need to do. I'm open for it. Whatever y'all want to do, I'm open for it, and and that's where I'm at. This is about this is about us and we, not I and me. We should talk gotcha. about offline and private because we are, you know, in leadership positions. People are listening to us, so we we need to put together something smart to put out there. So let's talk about it offline. Hey, if you yeah. guys, all right, I want to read something. Uh, just a couple paragraphs that came out yesterday. You know, everybody was replying to what Kanye West said, and nine out of ten times they were talking out of the wrong end of their body. The mm-hmm. History Channel put out a response. The frickin' History Channel. So History.com said this. The year the Civil War ended, the U.S. amended the Constitution to prohibit slavery and involuntary servitude, but it purposefully left in one big loophole for people convicted of crime. The 13th Amendment, ratified in 1865, says neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime, wherever the party shall be duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to the jurisdiction. Scholars, activists, and prisoners have linked that exception clause to the rise of a prison system that incarcerates black people at more than five times the rate of white people and profits off their unpaid or underpaid labor. What we see after the passage of the 13th Amendment is a couple of different things converging, says Andrea Armstrong, a law professor at Loyola University in New Orleans. First, the 13th Amendment text allows for involuntary servitude where convicted of a crime. At the same time, black codes in the South created a new type of offense, especially attitudinal offenses, not showing proper respect, those types of things. That's the history channel. <laughs> Just, just, just take uh, how many times that an officer said, "I told him to put up his hands. He didn't pull up his hands, so I shot." It's the same thing. I, I'm reading really that is uh, modern day slavery by way of criminal conviction necessarily encourages discrimination and denies a convicted person equal protection under the law guaranteed by the Fourteenth Amendment. That means once we do that, we we take away your right to vote, the Second Amendment right to bear arms. Jewelry duty disqualifies them from running or holding any political office. Modern day slavery, by way of criminal conviction, also subjects us to the same limitations and violations of the Eighth Amendment of cruel and unusual punishment. So we can keep going down. I understand the Constitution and how they use it against mm. us, and, and unless we've read it, we won't understand it. You know, Judge, I'm so glad that we have a constitutional lawyer here on the program because. Most people don't understand how deep this goes. The Fourth Amendment is gone. The Sixth Amendment is gone. When you're talking about 95% plea bargains, that proves there is no such thing as a Sixth Amendment. It doesn't exist in reality. 
the Eighth Amendment is gone with bails, these for-profit bails that only exist in two countries in the whole world, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's gone. And then you're talking about the 13th Amendment being exploited, the 14th Amendment is being violated, the 15th Amendment. When you just mentioned, Judge, that these people come out not being able to vote and sometimes for the rest of their lives, that disenfranchisement is whole-scale violation of the 15th Amendment. Am I, I am trying, no, you're, you're right, brother. I, there is, right now, we have a new administration here in Jersey, and I've been trying like a, a crazy woman to get on the, um, we're, we're trying to amend the criminal, uh, the, the, the criminal law act here in New Jersey. One of the things that most black people here, especially, and, and I ask everybody in your state, because here in New Jersey, we have put aside, if you complete your criminal uh, time, you can come out and register to vote. Too many people still believe because they've gone to prison that they can never vote again. It is not true. It is not true. You need to check some states that may be true, but here in New Jersey, yes, it is no yes. longer the case. Yes. So it, sometimes it's just merely ignorance because they take a lot of things from you. You can even do jury duty. Yeah, but they but yes. you know that ignorance is purposeful and not on the behalf of the people yes. we're talking about. But for example, this is something we did recently, Judge. So um, they were prosecuting. I'm based here in the state of North Carolina. So they were prosecuting uh, people who had voted who were out of prison but still on probation. So here in North Carolina, your voting rights is not like Florida where you got to uh, fill out some paperwork, go through, you know, this whole process that might never uh, get done, according to reports out there, to restore your voting rights. But in North Carolina, they're automatically restored uh, to you, but you have to first complete your probation. Then you then you can vote. So they prosecuted like nine people, and those nine people all pleaded out. Um, I talked to um, a criminal justice uh, nonprofit legal organization here in North Carolina, the attorney, and we were saying, you know, we can't judge the people for taking that plea deal because, you know, this is a huge disruption to their lives and they're already labeled, labeled felons. But again, that goes right. back to what Max was talking about. You know, uh, nobody's going to trial. They, you know, people aren't really being duly convicted, but coerced into taking plea deals. Um, but what we but what we did is um, I called the local county jail and I even recorded the call and put it out there, um, you know, uh, on the Internet. I talked to four different people. This was my question. All I said was this is a jail. So you have pre-trial detainees, people who haven't been convicted of anything. I said, are these people given uh, absentee ballots to participate in the elections in election years. I got passed around to the fourth person, the last person they passed me to. I left a voicemail, haven't heard back from them. So I asked our listeners, call your local jails and ask them, are pretrial detainees, again, you know, right now, they haven't been convicted, so that don't apply to them. They still are American citizens, so to speak, by the Constitution. They're not yet these slaves that they've created through the 13th. So a caller in New York, a listener in New York, called their jail and said, yeah, they had that right, but we don't tell them. So the, and, and, and so, you know, people don't even know. I saw Michelle Obama will promote out something on Twitter about voting. You know, a generic, you know, turn out to vote message. So I replied to her, 
Um, there needs to also be outreach to pretrial detainees, which was one of the demands um, um, in the prison strike demands. There are 10 demands, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, and last week to wrap it up, was it last week, Max, or the week before we were reading the 14th Amendment um, and we were having the discussion with someone who's in prison. We were having a discussion with them. And the 14th Amendment has its own exception clause. If they wanted to, Judge, if you read Section 2 of the 14th Amendment, Section 2 says that they can take away your voting uh, rights for if you've been convicted of a crime. It don't say yes, felonies. It, does. it doesn't say but felonies. You read the, you read it doesn't say misdemeanors. It does not differ. It just says crime. Well, that's very vague. If a state wanted to, they could uh, disenfranchise people. Let's say, oh, you had three felonies. Now we're going to, because it's, it's in that loophole in the 14th. But we do want to keep it to focus on the 13th because uh, contrary to what we've been told, slavery was never abolished. And it just, you know, uh, continued in a new form through the prisons. It, the 13th Amendment is a clear violation of what they call the Universal Declaration of Human Rights of the United yes, States. Ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Article 4. It says, no one shall be held in slavery or, or servitude slavery and the slave trade shall be prohibited under law. Furthermore, Universal Declaration of Human Rights of the United Nations in Article 5 states, no one shall be subjected to torture or to cruel and inhuman or degrading treatment or punishment. That's exactly what they do in the prison. Like you got these kids separating families. That's cruel and inhuman. Telling children that their parents don't love them, that their parents are giving them away. That's cruel and inhuman. What we're doing right now, legally in on the borders of Mexico and, and other states, is cruel and inhuman. And sometimes we, because it's not black faith, it, it mean, why is it that the Bloods and Crips cho- chose the same colors as the Democrats and Republicans? Somebody tell me that. It, 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 it's the, the mental, the, the mental that has that has been inflicted upon us as colors. We, as, as people of color, we take on their same cruel and inhuman uh, um, mm. conflict on us, and we do it to one another. And that's what we just we need to first identify where we are participating in this 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 tomfoolery. Yes, we're being conditioned. There's no doubt about that. Twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred and sixty five days propaganda. Feeding us to our children. In Texas, they are issuing out or have issued out textbooks that calls chattel slavery uh unpaid internship. That's what they call it in the grammar schools in Texas. So one of the things that we really focus on hard is trying to control our own narrative. We call this slavery. We see this as a crime against humanity. Those who oppose us, the reformists, don't see it like that at all. They think it's a mistake they can fix over time or over the next 500 years because, you know, we keep waiting for this reform, and they fight against what we're trying to do. And I suppose slavery, they won't have a paycheck. Now, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I, I, I'm, I was, uh, I'm sorry. My, my, is it open my for me or is it, I'm not sure what's well, go ahead. Let's take another conversation and then we'll get back to uh, the conversation. Uh, welcome to New Abolitionist Radio. Who's calling? 
sir? No, I wasn't a caller. This is Ian. I'm already online. I was just, I was, I wasn't sure. Cause I, I heard. Uh, I don't know if anybody else wants to say anything as of yet. Oh, we, we have eight minutes. We have eight minutes till the top of the hour. Okay, when we well, take look, our break. I mean, I see. I see. You know, I'm happy to participate uh, in this fight uh, more, more, more uh, assertively. Uh, and 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 use my platform in any which way I can to spread to to spread the information uh, out there, uh, you know. But you know, for those in North Carolina, you guys have a couple of fights going on down there, and it, it's kind of it kind of somewhat connected with the whole voting thing. You guys are dealing with that down there, uh, I know, because they've been trying to do something with the voting down there and trying to cite that 19 people. Uh, Voted illegally, and they got you guys going through a whole bunch of rigmarole before before November. Hopefully, it doesn't affect you guys come 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 November because I know they want to, uh, you know, uh, keep as many people away from being able to vote down there, especially uh, this coming uh, election. Um, but you know, I guess that's kind of a little bit of a sidebar. But it's it's somewhat connected because it's still, you know, when they when they when they when they take away your rights as a slave, they're taking away your rights, you know. Slow, you know, slowly but surely. In some cases, much like much like the voting thing, because I was just curious on what you guys are, how you guys are handling that aspect as well. Oh, I, I see. I see. All in Allen uh, unmuted himself with a nine one four number. I'm gonna let him say what he got to say. Oh, uh, let me answer your question first, Ian, brother Ian. Um, although I was very disappointed in um, the state chapter NAACP, Dr. William Barber. Uh, I was disappointed in his endorsement of Hillary Clinton, and I could tell from his speech at the Democratic National Convention that he really wasn't endorsing her, He and it was just ridiculous for him to say that we can move people to morality, meaning, yeah, I think we can move Hillary on morality. Other than that, um, he is the real deal. Um, I have confidence in his leadership. He's all over that and on top of that and uh, uh, dealing with that. But, you know, we are completely red state in terms of the Republicans controlling the state legislature and just elected a Democratic uh, uh, governor. Well, can I can I say but, one small thing as, with regards to the, 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 the past election? We can't undo it. One of the reasons, and Ian and I had this conversation today, that the only, only, my only concern with this past election is what we're talking about now. I knew that no matter what Republican came in, the the, the fix was in to change the Constitution. And and, and I knew that I didn't care if it was Hillary, Bernie, or whatever, but I knew that they weren't going to beat the Clinton. Clinton is deep into this bullshit. So if if, if we could save the Constitution by uh, getting more judges, uh, liberal judges, this man is padding right now. He's padding... The, both the federal bench and now he's padding the Supreme Court. So that is the worst thing that that, that can happen. We're going to change uh, presidents, but these lifelong uh, appointments that are being made, those that's what's going to really hit us. And and that and, and the only way you can take down a Supreme Court justice is the way you take down a president. Impeach. You have to impeach him, and it's even yeah. harder to impeach a judge. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi. Um, uh, Nancy Pelosi already said that's not even on the table. So, um, but we're not. Um, we let's take an early break, Max, uh, and then we can go to that caller uh, and you know not interrupt them in a few minutes. But take us to 
a early station identification break, and then we'll come back and continue the conversation. You're listening to New Abolitionist Radio tonight. We're covering the Kanye West uh, 13th Amendment statement, and we're here with uh, constitutional lawyers and many leaders in the community. We'll be right back after these messages. Black Talk Media Project would like to invite you to become a member of the BTR Community subscription-based social media platform. BTR Community is a platform that was set up for the listening audience of Black Talk Radio Network, the number one independent black radio network online. For just $24 per year, your subscription gives you access to an interactive space to share information with like-minded people with your privacy guaranteed. Your subscription will go a long way to help us maintain and improve our current media platforms. It will also help provide a budget so that we can begin the task of establishing localized media centers and radio stations across the United States. The best way to show your support and appreciation for what we do here at Black Talk Radio is to subscribe. Help us to help you be informed. Join btrcommunity.com today. Make Black Talk Radio your choice for digital black radio. New black media for the new millennium. Peace and welcome back to New Abolitionist Radio, where we're discussing uh, the current circumstances surrounding the buzz about Kanye West and the 13th Amendment. We've been talking about the 13th Amendment here for the past seven years. Uh, so if you're just tuning in for the first time, you may be a little bit surprised at what you may hear. And if by any chance Kanye West is on the line, just press star star to unmute yourself. Uh, I'm not sure if he's coming, but I was told he may show up. Um, Max, we have a caller from 914. And if I could just remind everyone for uh, preserving the quality of the broadcast, if we could kind of watch a background noise. But Max, you have a call from 914. Peace and welcome to New Abolitionist Radio 914. State your name and question or comment, please. Hi, uh, <clears throat> how you doing? This is uh, Alan Patterson. Uh, I'm a part of uh, Ian's group, <clears throat> the uh, Community Talk Radio. Please have a quick question for the judge, uh, if you don't mind. Um, you were, a few minutes ago, you kind of alluded to saying the 15th Amendment <clears throat> being violated. Uh, I think you talked about the 13th, and you said something about the 14th. The 14th. And you said the 15th was being. Right, you mentioned, I think. Yeah. You, I thought you mentioned the 15th. Could you elaborate on that just for a second? No, I said the 14th. See, what, oh, the 14th. See, the, the, okay. Well, Max mm-hmm. named a bunch of amendments. I think that's what he's talking about. And, and uh, Max and there, the there is a, it, There's so exchange. much that, that, yeah. that we're being uh, bamboozled with. It, it, and each amendment affects the other. It's not just the amendments right. themselves. we got to go into the articles of the amendments. Gotcha. Okay. The 15th Amendment is the uh, amendment that gave you the right to vote, protected you, your right to vote. Um, right, and it's taken away if you have a, and what I was, the, the point that I was making is that uh, the, the 13th Amendment is a rippling effect. It takes away your right, right to vote, it takes away, and during that that time you even, um, uh, to, to be a juror, 
uh, it, it has so many different uh, connotations, and, and I hope one day we will <laughs> we will get on uh, with these sex crimes and how they affect your life too. But right now we're talking about the Thirteenth Amendment, and it's and it's important that we understand that the rollover into other uh, rights under the Constitution ha- are also affected uh, merely under the Thirteenth Amendment. I mean, a simple right. way in my mind to explain right. it that's is, is that your citizenship status changes. Now, once you've been convicted of a crime, especially a felony put in uh, prison, you're stripped of all all your rights. Uh, The voting rights, it varies from state to state, but the Second Amendment, uh, the other amendments that was mentioned, you're basically turning into a slave, okay? Especially if you can't write, if you don't have the right to vote, you're a slave. But I say citizen slave because felons still work jobs, still pay taxes to the federal government, but they have no representation, so that's taxation without representation. So they must have this status of citizen slave. I I, I don't know, but uh, the con- the Thirteenth Amendment is what determines that status through the criminal court. So whether you a slave or you a citizen, and if you get out of prison, you this citizen who is, um, you know, still pretty much uh, has that slave mark or brand on you. Um, because again, it can affect you in employment as well, which uh, affects your ability to earn money. Well, the, the, the one thing about those uh, those who have, let's say, you came in and got your 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 um, citizenship by way of uh, on, on, on other ways other than being born in America. The thirteenth, uh, you don't get you don't get a protection of your citizenship, even if you did stay here 20 years or whatever, a conviction can get you uh, deported. So the only thing that I could say that, uh, I don't know if you call it just luck or just their their ability to keep us in in slavery, but uh, that's the way they are, they're using this to also send, I mean, uh, people of Hispanic descent in South America who've been here their whole life citizenship or not if you if you got your citizenship while you were here and you commit a crime you can lose your citizenship mm-hmm. and that and that, oh, and, yeah. that and, and so i don't think people understand that you know if you were not born with your citizenship here so i just i'm still trying to figure out how the hell melania got hers but that's all enough, enough topic um, nine one four. Did you have another question or or comment for us? I know you know you might have got cut off. Or was your question answered? Um, <clears throat> well, let me ask this. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how well this plays into the you know to it. But my theory is that uh, most of us, from my understanding, is uh, we took on when when I, when we were brought to this country. Uh, our, I guess, African names from our, uh, you know, through generations were stripped back then. So a lot of yes. us now are pretty much carrying the slave name. So isn't, isn't I guess, literally under we by virtue, we still are, you know, under the uh, under the slavership, so to speak, for lack of a better term, if you know what I'm getting. I, well, that's I can up answer, to you, because I, I did my, I did my genealogy you. way before uh, Ancestor DNA. I'm 57. I did it at, at 21 and uh, and went back to Africa and was named in Africa. So um, it's not that easy, but 
you know, excuse me, judge, judge, uh, we just covered this on to answer the caller's question, 914's question. Um, no, I don't think it, I, I understand what you're trying to make the connection. Are we still under the ownership if we took on these people's names now? Again, no. we can't dismiss the free black population. Uh, who, you know, basically was uh, the bulk of the abolitionists pre-1865, and not all of them were enslaved. In fact, uh, free black colonists uh, were the deciding factor once they joined the Continental War, just like the Civil War. Um, but to to that mindset, we uh, actually, Max had uncovered some articles from, it might have been a black newspaper back then, but anyway, black uh, let me say this, victims of slavery, African-Americans, black people, victims of slavery, African-descended people, they picked those names because the, uh, uh, the, the, their enslavers, the, you know, the wealthy people who owned them, didn't want them to have a last name. And then there were some people saying right. black people shouldn't have a last name because they ain't real people. You know what I'm saying? That, that old racist uh, garbage. But this union general told them to pick a name and then he said, if they owned you, uh, Max, if, if I remember correctly, he was telling them, you know, if they own, if somebody owned you, you need to name yourself after them. Now, I can see the logic in that. I don't know if that was his intent. But now you people have done research and, and these old money families are still around. Okay. And so maybe that's your link is by researching that to find out who enslaved you. Well, that's oh, that's yeah, how I, I Lincoln, that's, that's how Jefferson, uh, the descendants of black descendants of Jefferson, was able to go back. Right. Now, Hemings um, was. I, my last name is Patterson, and I seriously doubt that is not African. You know, unlike Kuta Kente, you know what I mean? That wasn't African either. Right. But, but but let me just say let me just I'm sorry I I know I know uh, Otis wants to say something I'm 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 a I like for him to chime in BP before I say something. All I wanted to say, fam, is I, I kind of introduced y'all to this program, and I'm going to try to say this as much love as I can because I'm old and cranky. This gentleman that you're speaking with, I purposely stayed engaged with Ian to bring you to a platform to tell you this. Everything that you've asked. We've covered in detail, and I say we because I'm an avid supporter and I try to do as much research as I can. And I want to make sure that some of the questions you're having that stray away from this 13th, if we get together offline away from this program, then you we will answer them and you'll find out just how much in-depth detail these gentlemen has done. I'll give you a quick rundown. They've scoured every state for its constitution. They can tell you the birth and the conversations that went on with the exception clause before Lincoln even put it in. We have documented the letter from Lincoln to Stevens. So we've done a lot of research here to know the facts and actually speak intelligently about, about this. But I'd like to tell you that really... If you kind of hold some of your questions, you'll see that this program is run with some background on abolitionists, uh, people who have been freed recently, because we usually follow a format here. And I, I don't want to be oh, rude. Sure. I'm just trying to say, if you hold on for a second, you'll hear Max Parthas and Scotty Reed do what they've been doing for the last seven years. And we want to get you in on board and catch up with the back story later. 
Gotcha. Oh sure. I, 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 Thank I, you. No, no disrespect for me. I was just I was just curious. That's all. Hey, awesome, brother. Brother Otis, like you said, he's old and cranky, like I am. But you guys were just mentioning something that is very important. I like to find out when things started, and I found out when the first Africans were allowed to take a last name. Uh, it didn't happen until after the emancipation, and the uh, general that he was talking about was Major General Ormsby M. Mitchell, and he had a, a I guess it was like a town or a village where these uh, formerly enslaved Africans were living, and it was named after him, and he suggested to them that they use the last name of their former owners. <laughs> and one man, uh, uh, I think it's, he said his full name is Dick, said, I've had enough of old master. I'm not taking his last name. And I know that uh, a little bit more about that period because that's when my family took the name Free and Freeman because they wouldn't take the master's last name. And we weren't allowed to have a last name until August of 1862. And that was in the Black Chronicle newspaper who documented while it happened. You know, chaos is subject to initial conditions. One little thing can make huge changes. And that's what we believe here. That's why we're trying to do what we're trying to do. If we get this in enough people's minds, it's the simple truth. It will explain itself. All you got to do is think about it for a minute. So that's what we've been pushing. And that's why we're so glad that someone like Kanye West decided to tell tens of millions of people about the 13th Amendment. I really don't care about anything about Kanye West as far as his beliefs, his associations. All I care about is that he made that statement, and in one single day, millions of people were talking about the 13th Amendment. Now, now, is there now? How are we? Because, because, I'm, I'm, I'm taking on to to what to what Otis spoke about. So I'm trying to just move move forward with you, gentlemen. What are we doing? Is there a hashtag campaign? What conversations? What are we doing? To continue to ride the wave of this conversation that he that he that he put on the mainstream conversation now, so that so that, so that we can continue to expand upon it. What do we, you know, you know, and and what can I do to assist in that? Absolutely, right I now, have two right things now, that I we mention every week, state. and we have been doing it for months until we get it yeah. done. I mean, different the one campaign, yeah. uh, which is going on to get uh, uh, pretrial detainees and alleged, you know, uh, convicts their rights to vote back. So Florida is doing that and leading the way, but other states like Virginia are working on it as well. Hey, Max. And yes, Scotty? Yeah, I, I'm trying to like, you know, in the wake of, because the way you use hashtags and social media, you do have to catch on the trends. And right now, 13th Amendment should be trending, but I su suspect they are uh, suppressing it. But still, uh, millions of people, like Max said, is talking about uh, the 13th. So Kanye said um, we need to amend the 13th. So when we had the Millions for Prisoners Human Rights March, or should I say we took part in, um, in um, uh, one of the supporting organizations, we had a Millions for Prisoners Human Rights March in Black August. Um, and then for those who couldn't make it, I think it was what, Max, 17 different cities they had, you know, corresponding events, and it was all about the human rights of prisoners, but putting a focus on uh, the 13th Amendment, how slavery was never abolished, and uh, Max was the keynote speaker um, to that. So this young brother, I think he had, um, you know, been in prison, but, you know, I remember his campaign, he was one of the speakers, and he was saying, amend 13. 
And so I've just used that, you know, for a couple of years now when I'm talking about amending the 13th. Uh, the other hashtag is simply, you know, hashtag end slavery. So, so, you know, just develop your own hashtags or see what's trending by following the people that you know talking about these issues on social media. And you'll pick up on the hashtag. Prison strike was a big, big hashtag um, while the uh, prisoners are launched at Nationwide Strike. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that that was. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just said I probably misunderstood the question. I I thought you were asking about what things you could get involved with to help. I I didn't realize it was hashtags. Sorry. Well, 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 that was it. Was it was somewhat a two part conversation? I mean, I want to because part of it, you know, a lot of us we do need to 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 uh, catch up to where you brothers are regards to information and to and to know and to know what was already done so we're not, you know, tripping over anybody's feet and then and then and then go ahead and move along with you as a as a as a as a synchronized unit and working with you or you know, yeah. even if we're going off in separate separate areas, making sure I'm doing the same thing over here that you're doing over there so that we are all working in concert. So that's what I want to participate in those type of actions. Okay. And like I said, uh, you know, so my format is open to this conversation as regularly and often as possible. Uh, you know, you know, that's how I feel about it. Okay, uh, great. Well, let me just uh, tell you about one other thing that we're working on, and we see this as groundbreaking. If we can get this done, we can really advance the cause to the point where we have congressional hearings of discovery on the 13th Amendment, and that is Amendment A in Colorado. Uh, it's the amendment to remove, it's a voter initiative, it's very easy, and it's an amendment to remove their exception clause from their state constitution. So we think that that could break some big ground, and other states that are, are trying to do the same thing or have tried to do the same thing can have this precedence to work on. So Wisconsin wants to do that. Uh, I believe Maryland wanted to do the same thing, to remove their exception clause. So that's something that sets precedence, and we need to get it done. That's Amendment A in Colorado. And that will lead us up to what we've been pushing for and talking with Congress and senators about already is a congressional uh, congressional hearings of discovery on the 13th Amendment. A resource to answer his question, um, I watched the Facebook broadcast uh, that y'all did of, of, of Community Talk Radio, um, at the, our Community Talk Radio. So we do have a group on Facebook, for those on Facebook, it's called Move to Abolish 21st Century Slavery. Just type that in the Facebook search engine, it'll bring you to that group, it's thousands of members, and, you know, we have dialogue and share information. I'm sorry, what, one more time, because my kids thought it was okay to barge in my room and ask me a question. What was the name of that on Facebook that you have, that group? Move to Abolish 21st Century Slavery. Twenty first to one. St. So yeah, man. You know, I would like to share a couple of more sound bites from this whole Kanye West thing, uh, and you know, kind of put things in perspective. One of the the, the ones that I'd like to share is a uh, a clip from uh, I believe it was Eve and a few other young ladies uh, talking on a talk show on national television, and they just got the news about what Kanye said. And their reaction really kind of shows me, and will show everybody else, what most of America, they, they don't know about this 13th Amendment at all. 
So let me see if I can pull that link up for you, Scotty, so you can get it. I got it, and I'm going to put it in the chat for you. It's not that long, but just, you know, listen to their reactions and what they said. Sorry about the long link there, but that's it, Scotty. Okay, give me just a second, Max. Uh, I'm about to skip the... Uh... Let's me do what I do best. I could not be married to him. There's so many things here. Um, I could not be married to Kanye. Um, most men are babies, yes, mm -hmm. but that's a lot. Right. That's a lot. Most men are babies. Um, oh, God, so many feelings. Um, <laughs> Let me out. Come on. Express yourself, no, It's just, it's so ridiculous. And, you know, I've already said how I feel about this whole Kanye situation. The thing with Kanye is... You know, he talks about this free speech and these free thoughts and all this, but it's like you, he stops. He says certain things, but he doesn't continue his thought process. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to have a full conversation or to, to open a dialogue about something that could possibly, yes, be a great conversation, but you're not you're not giving us the full the full situation. And his whole thing about the 13th Amendment, part of me is like, Oh, I kind of get it, but then it's like, I don't get it because I don't understand what you're saying. Okay. I don't understand what you're saying. But to me, also what he's doing, like what he did before, is dangerous in the climate we're in right now. Yes. You don't want to talk about repealing an amendment like the 13th Amendment because then it'll go down to the 14th. We ain't going back. I'm telling you right now. We ain't going back. <laughs> it ain't going down like that. But I'm glad, I'm glad that Captain America is on our side. <laughs> that's, I'm just saying. But I wouldn't mind being married to Kanye, because I bet that crazy sex is amazing. That's enough, Scotty. That's enough. Y'all heard it for yourself. I mean, they act like they don't know what the 13th Amendment says, and that's the problem. Our people die for lack of knowledge. It's the most important amendment in the U.S. Constitution. When it was put into place, it was called the second birth of the United States. But it's the, the reason why we're walking around now without chains on our neck. And you should know this. So yeah. That's a comedian talking Tom Foley, brother. I wouldn't even absorb that. Uh, yeah, but, you know, she said she kind of got it. Um, and um, I also... Uh, <laughs> They talking about Captain America on my side. They talking about the actor Chris Evans, who I tweeted at him after he uh, said what he said about Kanye. Um, and I was like, apparently you don't know uh, everything about uh, the history of slavery in America. And then I gave him a couple of books and documentaries, you know, uh, uh, screenshots of books and the 13th Amendment itself. I also asked him if he needed an English reading comprehension uh, remedial class. Because all, again, these people had to do was pull up the 13th. In his initial comment, you should be able to put two and two together that he's saying people was in, in prison. We want to get them out of prison and abolish the 13th Amendment. Okay, so uh, he, he misspoke. But he gave you the clue, so that's possibly how she kind of knew what he was talking about. But I guess she didn't use her smartphone to pull up the 13th Amendment and have something more intelligent to add to the dialogue. Um, but OLG wanted to speak. Yeah, I just wanted to say, uh, like, like the judge chimed in, and, and I respect her because she actually 
has experience with how it works and a part of the judicial system that we don't have privy to except from outside view. And the danger I saw with somebody from the view, because I see it every now and then when I go uh, across and my mom has it on, is the trivialization, trivializing something that is this important. And she played it off, but she, she really doesn't understand the impact that the 13th has on everybody's life from prison slavery to the the gentleman who, who was in prison and because he was in prison they used scalding hot water to melt the skin away and the, and the flesh away from his bones because he wouldn't comply all of that they don't understand is a part of them even to the point we've covered recently uh, when you talk about reform with people like Van Jones and Newt Gingrich getting together their idea of reform is to yeah uncase the people but then lock them up with with uh, electronic monitoring, which they got to pay fifteen to thirty dollars a day for. And what ends up happening? Instead of them being caged, you make room for more caged prisoners, but you put the uh, economic burden on their family to house them. And what can you do? You can enter that house anytime you want because there's a criminal in it. So people really don't understand how it impacts their lives. That's why I get upset with people who have a platform like the View. And they trivialize something that's this important. Remember, that's a white man and an Asian woman that runs that channel. And uh, uh, I don't know too. if uh, Max, I'm sorry, this is Ian talking. I didn't mean to just interrupt. Uh, Max uh, asked a question in a feed uh, regarding the conversation that came up regarding bail bonds. I don't know if you wanted me to get into that now, Max, or is that just a sidebar conversation? Uh, yeah, let's let's keep it to a couple of minutes though, because uh, I do want to get into Ebony. I don't want to let Ebony slide on what they did, so I'm gonna make sure I get them in today. No, 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 no. Go right ahead into Ebony. No, I wasn't sure if you wanted me to answer any of those any questions you have, but go right ahead into Ebony. I'm because well, I'm just know, here to listen. Go right ahead. I really didn't want to put I, any I, onus I on you about that situation. I have a question for you. Conversation. All of us are guilty to some degree. If you're paying taxes, you're paying for these prisons. If you're buying certain foods or produces, you're paying for these prisons. If you go out and get a pair of jeans that, uh, what do they call those prison blues? Who do you think made them? You're wearing them. You know, so every one of us in this country is guilty of supporting slavery to some degree. The key is recognizing that and doing something about it. Right. Well, I can I can I can keep my answer real quick simple. Somebody uh Africa who's not tuning in, I wish he was cuz I always debate with him about this uh regarding how is how can a black man uh you know be you know take his stance of saying saying that he's pro black and owning a bellbox company. And for me the answer is simple. One similar to how a black police officer is a police officer and working within the system understands you know, such as such as the guy that I have on a show with me periodically, Cesare, he understands how he wants and how, how he expects uh, of the police to treat members of our community. I know and I recognize that more than half of the people that I have bailed out should have never been locked up to start with. I know that as a fact. The other thing is in the state of New Jersey, and the judge can confirm this, in the state of New Jersey, all bail bond companies are required by law to charge 10% of the bail. And and in large in large in part, a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people don't have that. 
So because they don't have that, you know, they the, uh, the, a lot of their people end up just sitting there, and and uh, with the with their uh, with the inability to get out. What I do uh, as best I can. A large part, sometimes I've had people come to me with only one percent down on the bail, uh, and 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 I occasionally I've done with some people with no money down and put them on a payment plan just so they can come home and get back to their job that they that they that they that they that they can't afford to lose. Because if they miss another day, they're going to be without a job or, or get back home to their family. So I tried. I use, I use it, uh, you know, for the purpose because I know for a fact that a lot of people, a lot of us, should not even be there to, you know, to, to start with. And I try to give them a professional avenue. Uh, you know, for, first, I, first, I, first and foremost, I treat them with the respect that they are due. And secondly, I, tr- I give them another way, uh, an easier way to get the heck out of there. Because 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 there's not not many people willing to do so. A lot of the gatekeepers, uh, you know, as far as the bail bondsmen and the other people in that area, they don't they don't look like me. They don't talk like me. They don't and they don't they don't think like me. Hey, and I know this. So 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 I give them just I give them a, a gate that they can come to and actually make it to and get and get the heck home. Hey, hey Ian, uh, what and you for the record, that's how me and Ian met. Uh, Ian, brother Ian, what you just described to me when you said that there are some cases where you take no money down or they're going to pay you later um, so they, you know, once they get paid and able to, because you don't want them to lose their job. I would I would look at that as providing an underground railroad in the modern system of slavery <laughs> and human trafficking. So I can appreciate that. Um, but Max... When Max brought up bail bondsmen early bail, uh, it's only two countries that's practicing bail. The rest of the world said, you know, this isn't, you know, justice. Um, you know that you can put people in jail before they're duly convicted of anything. People spend a lot of time in, in jail. So, so, but we do. Now, want I'm, to now I'm in agreement with you. Yeah, so, we so do want to abolish bail bondsmen. But, that. There, there is definitely no debate, but yeah. but only because the system is is in place and, right. and this is one and of the I'm means for them to get out yeah i i at least i ch- i try to open the door wider for them to get the heck up out of there as possible hey that's an underground railroad in, in the modern system of slavery so i appreciate your service um and if i may add to that Ian, as, as judges we have to set the number because see bail is not supposed to keep you in jail Bail is supposed to be set to encourage you to come back to jail. So Ian and I met in a way whereas I try to lower the bail to something a family member can make. So if it's a $20,000 bail, if they can make $2,000, if they can get $2,000, Ian gets the $2,000. Because we use bail as, 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 as a way, for instance, in the Bill Cosby case, he could have stayed out until there was a bail. In that particular case, if I might digress, not only did he have to pay a fine, even though he paid the woman $2 million, he also had to pay the city of Philadelphia for having had the trial. So you talk about triple-dipple uh, um, uh, servitude. So they're going to make theirs one way or the other. I've never heard of a person having to pay the court for, for trying him and finding him guilty. But Ian does a service that in New Jersey, but for that, there would be a whole lot of black men just marinating for a $100 bail that their family can't put together. If, if I might ask, uh, Ian, what 
uh, insurance company guarantees your investments? Uh, well, there are various insurance companies. I mean, I, I get my bonds from an insurance company. Uh, so, so, so in regards to how how bail work, um, well, I'm just I am referred to as the surety, uh, regard you know uh, to the state. If 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 the person who is who is who is out on my bond is fails fails to make it to court, it's on you know the onus is on me first and foremost, uh, financially and other. So, uh, but in regards to uh, I get my bonds from an insurance company, I pay them a premium. Uh, for those bonds, and 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 in New Jersey, the the customer is required to pay me ten percent of the bill as a premium, and and it's regulated by the Department of Banking and Insurance. So all this stuff is regulated here in New Jersey. Right, um, a, uh, what I do, I'm sorry, I don't know if I'm. I can hear you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So uh, they did do some kind of a, a bail reform. Uh, uh, modification back in January 2017, but it's it's falling on its face because they didn't look at the cost uh, of it. Uh, because prior to they were getting a lot of revenue from the bail bond companies and whatnot for 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 forfeitures, and 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 they didn't consider uh, what they're doing now uh, with the added judges and attorneys that they have to have over the weekend to take. Uh, to allow people to come home, uh, that the counties are and, and and the local municipalities are taking on the cost for those added judges and attorneys and clerks and everything else that's associated with it. But the other issue that they're finding uh, is that in some cases, not all, uh, that public safety hasn't been uh, put into consideration, and we have so many repeat offenders, and it's, and, and and unfortunately, a mass increase. Uh, and forfeitures where people are not showing up for court because with using the bail bondsman, what they have to do is that, or what I would do in particular, I'm going to look for mom, dad, uncle, aunt, sister, brother, somebody closely related to you uh, who you do not want to burn that bridge with uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, to increase the likelihood of you showing up for court because, because the fact that you don't want to mess up for mom, dad, uncle, aunt, whoever, whoever co-signs. With the current system that they did, they they just rushed. The intent was there, but the system is flawed. So what they did, they just had these guys coming out with nobody liable on any kind of level. And what happens is the guy, your person may say, well, hey, you know, it's the summertime. I don't feel like going back in, so I'll just wait until later. And then next thing you know, it's the holiday. Oh, it's the holiday season. I want to wait until later. And then you know, and so what happened uh, there? Um, the the warrant squad uh, and and forfeitures they they I believe tripled or quad, quadrupled since then and the cost for overtime for the added sheriffs and and marshals and others that have to get and bring these guys in so they didn't they didn't really factor all this stuff in uh, in the way that they needed to so so they need to amend what their intent was to really tie into it but but it, it does tie into some of what Otis and others are mentioning is the fact that what what it basically is, they're just they are making more space uh, by having people basically incarcerated but on the street, and they do and and with that they are taking advantage of, of these things. And I've heard some stories with you know police and 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 or probation officers coming in to these people's homes, and then you know and then and then and then creating other issues. But the other thing is a lot of people not even thinking about 
in consideration that we talk about the privatization of the jails, which is a problem. What they're doing is that they're trying to circumvent it by privatizing the probation system. And they're privatizing the probation system, and one of the companies in New Jersey is called the Vera Institute, is basically working as a privatized probation entity. And and like a lot of things, when you put when 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 a profit is a, is the end goal, some things fall fall through the cracks, and many things fall through the cracks. So those those are many of the problems that New Jersey is 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 dealing with regards to the bail reform that they implemented under under uh, under Governor Christie on his on his on his way out. But um, you know, I'm on the side. At the end of the day, for for me. If there's no bail in the state of New Jersey and, and, and my people are free, I'm a happy camper. I've been self-employed since 1995 with a business other than bail bonds, and I'll find something else to do. Uh, but I chose to come into this not not merely just for uh, the profit margin, but because I know firsthand just just uh, you know being a, a relatively uh, a woke uh, brother in our in our in our in our community how how they target us more than everybody else and how and how many of us and just as a judge mentioned this is how this is how she and I met, how many of us, you know, are struggling uh because of this system. And I just wanted to try to find find an avenue. Yes, that that, that is one of the ways she and I met because I was trying to hope I was hoping for a family to have their bail reduced. I wanted to try to do a, a bail bail source packet or something else and in her courtroom a few times. And, and those are one of the reasons and one of the ways that she and I met and a few other judges in the building met. Uh, you know, we, and a lot of us speak offline in the same manner that, you know, that, that the judge here and I speak, but a lot of them are still sitting on the bench and they can't, and they can't publicly speak in the manner that this judge is currently speaking at who's because, only because she's, she's not currently sitting. She's, she's a little more free to talk as most of the other judges are unable to as of as of this moment, but I I have the same similar conversations with them uh, as you know as you know as you guys are having with our with our judge here tonight. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, you know I could talk about the bail system a lot because we went into that, and also when you mentioned the for-profit probation companies, recently we've had a victory in Alabama where they were charged under RICO charges for racketeering and forced to leave 115 cities in Alabama. So they're working on these for-profit probation companies to a large degree already. And just me personally, the way I see the bail system, which is run by these international insurance companies, along with the high bails that are being posted for people who can't afford them at all, that's an Eighth Amendment violation. That's how I look at it. But that's just me. I would like to get you guys' opinion on one more article about this Kanye West thing, and then we're going to have to get into our final segments. Hey, hey Max, um, so let's take our space and identify. Ebony Maxine. Hey, Max, Are before you, you go started? into Ebony, uh, let's take our break. Okay, I almost forgot. You're listening to New Abolitionist Radio on the Black Talk Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. Radio, 
since 2008, providing new black media for the masses. Peace and welcome back to New Abolitionist Radio. As I was saying, I wanted to get some opinions on this Ebony Magazine article. Uh, as uh, our listeners know, we really pushed Ebony to talk about the prison strike that happened just last month, and they didn't say a word about it. But when Kanye mentioned the 13th Amendment, they were quick to jump on the board, uh, the, on board with all the people that were demonizing him. And literally, they published the 13th Amendment in its entirety, which states that neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment of crime, and on and on, they had it right there in the article. So they read it, and apparently they didn't understand what it said. Instead, they just continued to berate him, and then they quoted Chris Evans, who plays Captain Frickin' America. And Captain Frickin' America said, there's nothing more maddening than debating someone who doesn't know history. I'm going to stop right there in this quote. Because that's exactly what Ebony is doing. That's exactly what he's doing. But the thing that bothered me the most about the Ebony Magazine article is that if you look at that website, you'll see it's covered in advertisements for Wells Fargo. Now, who knows about Wells Fargo here? I know about Wells Fargo, and I give him a hard time on, on social media as well, man. Uh, but for those that don't know, Wells Fargo's were founded oh, yeah. I talked about in the 1850s. They were founded in the 1850s, and, and they have uh, um, had a continuous over 150-year, probably going on 160-year, um, um, 60 years of, of engaging in slavery, profiting from slavery, legal slavery. That's how far Wells Fargo uh, goes. So I know about their history, Max. <laughs> If any time you see somebody back in horse and buggy, you know they back way with us. Right, right, and you know, and also, and also, and also, with they, they're, they're a continued practice. And when I tell, because well, we had, we had similar conversations regarding, regarding culture and how culture is slow to change within, within, within particular institutions. When you have an institution such as, such as Wells Fargo. Uh, uh, that 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 are profited off of the subjugation of a people and things of that nature. They always look to continue, much like much like much like uh, the police department. Uh, you know, you know when they when they first uh, uh, formed. You know, the whole purpose was to basically keep us in line, more or less. So so when you have that culture, when it starts off with that in that way, it's really hard uh, for them to change. Uh, change their narrative and change their approach on the people, which is why it's not surprising that just just this past year they were sued once again, along with I believe uh, uh, Bank of America might 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 have been another bank for all of their uh, for all of their uh, uh, practices regarding exorbitant uh, um, uh, interest rates as well as. Uh, you know, participating with this whole uh, in, in conjunction with other uh, real estate people regarding uh, redlining uh, and, and 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 refusing loans. So it's not surprising, and I try to sit, tell remind people that culture is really difficult to change. You have to either break the whole system and start again, or or, or something else, because the people within already grandfathered in, and then when you come in, the newbie comes in all bright eyed and bushy tail. They say, "I'm going to do it this way." And over a while, and after a while, they get beat down, and they and they end up 
either they either choose to leave or they or they or they or or if they stay they end up conforming so 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 the practices and the, and the malicious practices continue uh, as they have because I, I mean I'm like 2018 we still having the same conversation regarding lending practices and all those other stuff as we had back in the day it's retarded yeah you know well to me apologize for its ties to slavery and how they made their money but they did it while they were one of the largest investors in private prisons in the world. They're one of still are. They keep private prisons in play. So here we got Ebony Magazine talking about Kanye West doesn't know what he's talking about while being funded by Wells Fargo. You know, Ebony, Ebony Magazine is no longer owned by black uh, companies. Yeah, I didn't think so. I didn't think uh, uh, that's, that's why that didn't really come come as a surprise. Much like much like much like BET, that doesn't come as that doesn't come as a surprise that they didn't uh, one one pick up your call and 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 respond to to your to your to your uh, to the uh, issue about the Thirteenth Amendment, but they but they were quick to jump on his his bet. It's not surprising because because they're no longer working. I mean. The title is Ebony, but they're not, they're, dead. they're not working for the Ebony people no more. No, yeah. but they presume to speak for us and continue to provide uh, content that is tailored. I stopped getting Ebony years ago. Uh, Ebony is still yeah. under yeah. the, um, own, well, I don't know how much she, stock she owns, but she's the descendant of the uh, uh, founders. Ebony is a monthly magazine for the African American market. It was founded by John H. Johnson in Chicago. Uh, has con uh, published continuously since the autumn of 1945. Um, it was founded by the Johnson Publishing Company in 1951, and in 2016, it sold the publication to private equity firm Clearview Group. And the new and that's a white yeah. group. The yeah. family will always yeah. take exactly. money. Exactly. And she is the like exactly. the, like the president money, or have, something. They no longer have any power over yeah. the the contract. The Johnson family also own also own BET. But, uh, but they the they, they did make her. They did make her. Ian, may I just want to say one thing that about? I'm sorry. One of the things here in New Jersey, juveniles are not entitled to bail. So a lot of times when juveniles are arrested, they will say they're 18, but the, the, and, and that's so that they can get a bail. So this is one of the reasons why you see so many young kids in these cages in Texas. They have no right to a bail because they can't find their parents. So if the parent doesn't get to come and get them, they legally can keep them in these jails because juveniles are not, are, are not afforded a bail. Chris Christie had a they're not afforded they're not afforded a bail, but aren't, aren't they allowed to be um, I mean for the for the parents to take them into their into their into That's you if know, you can get to the parents. This is my point. And you deported their fam their parents, who's gonna come and get them? Oh and yeah, and, that, and that's one prove. of the reasons and that's one of, Right. And you gotta prove that you're and that I'm sorry, go right ahead. You go for it. You go for it. No, 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 I apologize. I'm saying it's, it's very difficult for you to come and claim your child because you have two things that these parents have. If you claim the child, then the child is going to be deported. If you've already deported the parent, the parent can't come and get the child. If the parent is here, 
They're saying, I'd rather be deported because what we have done now is we have made a whole community of children without parents because they can't keep them locked up forever. And some there's there's, there's, there's about 13,000 from my, the, last, the last number I got. They have about 13,000 there right now. And, and, and a matter of fact, they are, they have transferred just about everybody or in the process of transferring everybody to Texas for the, for the exact reason that you mentioned, because Texas doesn't have that law uh, uh, regarding, regarding bail. And they know that these kids are, are a large in part are not going to be uh, uh, answered for. So, so well, well, we can still hold you and, and for each child per day, the same, the same way as every other prison system, uh, these private organizations are getting paid per child per day because they're bringing them to those camps. Uh, that they, they, they just made up those camps over there in Texas. And that's, so what they would do is wait till saying. they turn 18, slowly but surely, and then find some reason, uh, even if they throw a piece of paper on the floor, uh, on the ground, and say they littered, then, then they deport them. Hey, you know what? Um, well, well, we, that, hey, well, I'm that, sorry. I'm sorry. Doing, I'm uh, sorry, gentlemen. E, I, I don't mean to. E, but the e, other e. thing that they're doing, just, just as you touched upon earlier, that they have created... Uh, a, a system uh, in conjunction with the with the um, with the adoption agencies, and they created something in a way they basically stealing people's children from them. And there was and there was, uh, but I'm sorry, we're off on another subject. But that's we got a lot to talk about that too. I, I, I'm I'm well, I'm going to meet myself. Yeah, there. well, we will have to continue this conversation at a later date, uh, as we do need to do our final two segments as we make way for mind body. And Spirit Radio Show coming up at um, the top of the hour. So, Max, did you want to uh, jump to our abolitionist and profiling writer of the Underground Railroad? Yes, I would like to give our, our, our guests and callers uh, just an opportunity to give any kind of brief comments before we go into our final segments. I, I This is Tukwasi Sekou, Judge Sekou out of Jersey. I think that this is so needed and again if you brothers can track down Kanye I I think because sometimes we try to make that brother into a buffoon he it, all he needs is direction he has the connection but he ha he doesn't have the resources and information to necessarily uh, uh, you know challenge and if he has if, if he needs a group somebody needs to invite him in and if, if we need to come and back him up with the information, you know, if he can get us into the door, we can get him the information. I, I think his, his mind is in the right direction. He just doesn't have the, the resources that he needs to articulate it in a way that's going to be acceptable. I, I, I think if you're looking for entertainers, I think you have a better opportunity with, with uh, T.I., David Banner, and Jesse Williams. I think, I think if you go in that direction with those three uh, brothers, I think you have a better a uh, better chance of reaching one of them who maybe can put you together with, with Kanye or, or just on their own, just going to blow it up. But between David Banner, T.I., and Jesse Williams, the actor, the actor of, of, of a Grey's Anatomy, I think those three people will definitely be open uh, uh, to, uh, to, to what we're trying to do here. Thank you very much. And I appreciate your input here this evening. And I'd like to invite you at some point to come back in as guests so we can really flesh out a lot of this and what you uh, want to be able to share with our audience. Uh, a lot of the things, as Otis said, we really covered just about all of it throughout seven years. 
because as the judge says, this is a necessary conversation, and it's the type of conversation that could last 10 years before you finally get it done. You know what I mean? So that's what we're all about, talking about this and researching. Thank you again. All right, Scotty, what I'm going to do is just uh, give out one piece of news uh, that I read recently, and I thought it was pretty interesting, and that's the National Afro-Descendant Confederation uh, Conference for Self-Determination. Uh, wait a minute. Well, I'm picking the wrong one. My bad, Scotty. What I was going to say is uh, Ghana has gotten together and decided that they're going to offer land to uh, African-Americans, repatriation, and expedient visas. So as soon as you can get up and go, they're saying, come on home. And I thought that was pretty amazing that Ghana would do that on the anniversary of the start of slavery here in the United States. So they're trying to do what they can to help people here of the diaspora. I thought that would be interesting news. All right, Scotty, which one of these uh, would you like to cover, the abolitionist in profile or the writer? I'll take, I'll take the writer and give you the honor of, uh, you know, doing um, our abolitionist in profile on his birthday or the anniversary you, of his, his birthday. So let me just pull up this. And speaking of Kanye, and just to speak to what uh, some of our guests, uh, speakers tonight had touched on, uh, social media um, is the way that we have been reaching out to these people and lobbying them, and tweets matter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because uh, people like Kanye and them and these other celebrities or their staff or, or whoever, um, they do read them tweets. They they do read those tweets. And so, you know, that's a good person-to-person uh, a way that you can lobby people and then like Otis, you know, keeps um, reiterating uh, to me is getting, um, you know, our, everybody on the same page on retweeting the same tweet and, and giving it traction that way. Um, but anyway, our uh, um, the uh, Underground Railroad writer for tonight on New Abolitionist Radio, uh, Donald Trump grants clemency to Alice Johnson as a result of his meeting with Kim Kardashian. Alice Johnson will soon be a free woman. As we know, she is a free woman, but uh, people are saying thanks in large part to the advocacy of Kim Kardashian. On Tuesday, Donald Trump granted the clemency to Johnson, a first-time nonviolent drug offender serving a life sentence in a federal prison in Ellisville, Alabama, after Kardashian met with the president to ask for her freedom. Mike reports Trump offered a pardon reportedly over objections from White House staffers, including his counsel, Don McGon. Uh, that's, that's his real name, Don McGon. Uh, the White House confirmed his decision in a statement labeling Johnson as a model prisoner and who has worked hard, hard to rehabilitate herself. So we're talking about a black grandmother, all right? Um, so uh, best news ever, Kardashian wrote on Twitter at the learning of the news, um, adding in a second tweet, so grateful to at real Donald Trump, Jared Kushner, and to everyone who has showed compassion and contributed countless hours to this important moment for Miss Alice Marie uh, Johnson. And so um, it doesn't give the exact date, but I'm going to cut it short for the sake of time. But New Abolitionist Radio um, wants to welcome Alice Johnson to freedom and you know just to give my quick final comment I'll just give you my final comment now Max and, and listeners is 
you know, we engage uh, Kim Kardashian. And, you know, she's another polarizing uh, person. She gets a lot of hate. She gets a lot of love. She definitely got a reaching influence. And so uh, people was I was seeing were attacking her. Oh, that's just one woman there. And technically, yes, it's true. Uh, it's a whole lot of more uh, black grandmothers locked up in prison behind these type of laws and what have you. So, But we just lobbied Kim and asked her, okay, that's great. Becoming an abolitionist and abolishing slavery would be greater. So, again, these people do read this type of stuff, and I'm just grateful um, that, that the na nation, once again, has been forced to confront the 13th Amendment. But I think... Um, um, the prisoners who organized the prison strike uh, deserved the most um, uh, credit for that with their nationwide strike and making that part of their demands. Max. All right, thank you, Scotty. Uh, our abolitionist in profile tonight is the birthday boy himself, Nathaniel Matt Turner. He was born in Southampton County, Virginia, on October 2nd, 1800. The son of enslaved people owned by Benjamin Turner a prosperous farmer, taught to read by the son of his owner, Turner studied Christianity, which he interpreted as condemning slavery, which it does. Turner also began to believe that God had chosen him to free his people from slavery. He soon became known among the fellow slaves as the prophet. Turner was sold to slaveholder Joseph Travis in 1830. Less than a year after the sale, Turner received what he assumed was a sign from God when he witnessed the eclipse of the sun. After sharing his experience with a few close friends, they began to plan an insurrection. While still planning the uprising, Turner saw that the color of the sun had changed to a bluish green, which he believed was the final sign to initiate the uprising. With, his, with this confidence, Turner and seven other slaves and slave people moved forward with their plans. Beginning in the two-day rebellion, August 21, 1831, they first... Uh, took the lives of the entire Travis family and eventually 50 white people in the feudal effort to incite a general slave uprising. Only 75 enslaved people and free blacks joined the rebellion. Y'all have to excuse me, but I'm trying to rewrite this as I read it because I don't want to call people slaves. I want to call them enslaved people. They were soon pursued by over 3,000 members of the state militia. Turner and his followers were confronted by militia men. One was killed and the others were captured. The rebellion was over 48 hours. Was over in 48 hours, but Turner escaped and eluded Virginia authorities for two months. He was finally captured on October 30th. He was tried for the crimes of insurrection and murder on November 5th, and he was found guilty and executed six days later on November 11th, 1831. In retaliation for the aborted rebellion, nearly 200 innocent enslaved people were killed just to be killing them. Although Nat Turner did not end slavery, he may ha as he may have hoped, he nonetheless less took the institution to shook the institution to its core. Pro-slavery advocates began calling for greater res restrictions on free blacks and slaves in the South and made more demands on the northern whites to cease their interference with the peculiar institution. Northern abolitionists, however, viewed the uprising differently and intensified their efforts to end slavery throughout the nation. And we here at New Abolitionist Radio say happy birthday and salute, Nat Turner. Salute. All right, Scotty, uh, I know you said those were your final uh, statements, but, you know, we got like 
three minutes left. Do you want to finish with anything? Oh, uh, no. Just want to um, uh, thank the judge and Brother Ian uh, for Shout spend, out your pages. Uh, spend their time with us. Uh, uh, Otis, did you, what was that? I said, shout out the pages and get the judges' pages so y'all can hook up, man. We got to get this right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, definitely uh, they can join us and anybody else that's interested in becoming a new abolitionist can, um, if you're on Facebook, just move to Abolish 21st Century Slavery. If you're on Twitter, what what's the handle, Max, on Twitter? N-A-R-N Slavery. At N-A-R-N Slavery. Uh, yeah, NAR is for New Abolitionist Radio, then just in slavery. And that, uh, you can follow us there. All right, um, uh, Max, go ahead, man, close this out. Indeed. Uh, you know, I don't have a lot to say other than thank you to our guests and callers uh, for participating in this needed conversation. We'll be here again next week and the week after that until slavery is end- ended or we're not here any longer. At least I hope we, w- we will be. But I want you to remember this most of all. Abolition is a reason, like Nat Turner figured out, for a revolution so we can finally know some peace. Peace. Rise up, 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 rise Just lift your eyes up. Let your wise rise up, see the signs of the times, if it's time, rise up, rise up. When death and hell dwell among all God's people, when those we chose and trusted have become completely corrupted and inherently evil, when the feast that feeds you starves our father's children, when snuff porn and pedo forms begin to get top billing, rise up. When famine claims millions, when justice gives blind eyes to billions, when the Lord's anger is no longer feared, if his protection is gone and your enemies are near If you've seen the seas spill over And the mountains shake, break and fall If the moon ever turns blood red And you can't see the sun at all 